Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're flying solo, or I guess duo. We talk about what happened at the London Olympics, which we went to and hugged the lady that was in it, and also the Battle of the Ironclad Warships. Well, <laughs> let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You asked for it, folks. Do people ask you for this? Um, what are we giving them? What We're are they giving them a show without guests? Oh, yes, where it's just us. It's just a peek inside our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's say it was because of audience demand and not, and not a Nate sick... DeMeo got food poisoning. <laughs> yes, let's yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and and uh, and just make like this is. As long as we're pretending that Nate DeMeo didn't get food poisoning, mm-hmm. can we pretend that we and not he got nominated for the Thurber Prize for American Humor? Sure. Because we wrote that Parks and Recreation book, Pawnee whatever? Yeah. I, I mean, as long as we're just pretending stuff. And can we also host the Memory Palace? I guess. We want to. It's Maybe, a great show. But I mean, as long as we're just spinning fanciful yarns, can we shoot a little higher? Been hosting uh, one of the best... One of the best podcasts out there? Yeah, like maybe we own trains. Each have our own train? Yeah, like our own train. Do they have luxury cars in them? I mean, it's your train, man. It's your imagination train. What kind of train is your train? That's like a battle train. (laughs) Whoa! Yeah, it's like kind of an alternate civil war. uh, Because it's kind of a, a universe where, you know, some like... Future technology is in the Civil War. And there's a lot more train tracks. Yeah, yeah. And so. Just really easy to access. Right. Train you can tracks. just drive it onto any battlefield, basically. Well, it also has a hover function. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So it's got some like lasers and stuff, but everything's still steam powered. Okay. So this is like a steampunk type fantasy that you have. Yes. Here. You've always been a steampunk. I have. I'm a member of the League of Steam. <laughs> Is it? Does it look a little? Does it look a little bit less like the train that we might imagine? A little bit more like the Monitor and the Merrimack? Oh, don't know what that is. You know the iron ships of the Civil War, the Monitor and the Merrimack. Oh, sure, the ironclad ships. Oh yeah, I thought that was maybe a uh, an old timey gin. (laughs) I don't know. I guess maybe the train looks like gin. Mine is like a colonial luxury train. Mm. It has a lot of velvet appointments. That's great. And a a lot of subcontinental prostitutes. (laughs) Oh, terrific. What counts as subcontinental? I think that's India. India and and Pakistan. Yeah, well, I mean, they're well-schooled in the erotic arts. (laughs) You ever read that Kama Sutra? (laughs) Woof. We'll jack you off with their feet. (laughs) <laughs> your luxury train. <laughs> Just don't get anything on the velvet. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, they, you know what? There's the thing about these, uh, the thing about these Near East prostitutes. Right. A lot of control. Oh. They can, uh, they can control the uh, angle right. and velocity of a man's jism. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, and then the man can sit back, relax, and enjoy some marzipan fruits. <laughs> sure. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's what they serve on my train. Right. Mar- I, I actually hate marzipan, but I still want to have at least some marzipan fruits. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fine. I think that's reasonable. Uh, you should also, I mean, I, I don't like absinthe, but if I had a luxury train, I would want it to have what's absinthe. A, what's that thing that the fat kid from the Chronicles of Narnia always wants to eat? <laughs> Turkish delights? Yeah, there's a lot of Turkish yeah. delights on this God, I, I, know, I don't know what this is. Whenever I, when I was reading the, the Narnia books as a kid and they talked about Turkish delights, I just pictured a brown cube. <laughs> you pictured bouillon? Yeah, I think I did. I think that is what... <laughs> What I imagined he was eating. What What is a Turkish delight? I don't know. I think our producer, I had a terrible imagination as a kid. I think Brian over there is looking up Turkish delights. I think it's some kind of candied fruit chunks or something like yeah. that. Or like candied figs. God, it, it, it's it, one of those candies I, from before they figured out how to make candy yeah. that didn't suck. It's some sort of like, yeah, it's some sort of like goose heart. <laughs> like a sugared goose heart. What is a Turkish delight? I bet that's something one of those Indian prostitutes would do to you. Yeah. <laughs> Brian says it? it's it's old timey candy that is actually in a brown cube. But oh, what wow. is it made of, Brian? Come on, Fernandez, get on this. Yeah. Yeah. This is disgusting. <laughs> Chopped dates, pistachios, walnuts, and hazelnuts bound by gel. Huh. Well, that is fucking disgusting. Well, I wonder if I... No one wants to eat that. Right. I wonder why I knew it was a brown cube, but but also thought I didn't know what it was. Did you watch that Chronicles of Narnia movie where, um, where the guy is dressed up as the beaver? No, uh-uh. You know what I'm talking about? It's just, this, is, this is an older... This is not one this of the, the live, recent ones. The live action Cron- Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Oh, no, uh-uh. Some people dressed up as beavers. No, uh-uh. Oh, this thing's tremendous. Is it good? Oh, solid, solid How does rock. it stack up? It sounds like it would be kind of be in the same league as that um, early Hitchhiker's Guide movie. I have not seen the early Hitchhiker's Guide it movie. It is, boy, yeah, it is charmingly low budget. Really? Yeah, it's a little tough to watch. I heard the radio drama. Not that I was a nerd as a child. No, of course not. <laughs> um, we, D- Jesse, we all checked out the audio tapes from the library. Right. Um, yeah, no, this is there's a BBC one, and yeah, all the this is like you know just you know think of that old Battlestar Galactica show. Yeah, and then. Scale it back a couple thousand dollars, like a like a Doctor Who type situation. Oh yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it is, does have the same kind of aesthetic and production Trash value. Trash cans, as... spray painted silver. Yes, absolutely. That sort of thing. Yeah. You know what's great? People reacting to lasers that are coming at a different <laughs> angle than what they're reacting to. I was just going to compliment the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's great. You know what? That shit's really funny. Yeah. If you're 13, too, that shit will blow your mind. You're like, wait, that's books the... are funny? Yeah. And then it turns out, no, they're not. Just that one. Just that one. That's the only one. Yeah. And then someone will tell you about how funny David Foster Wallace is. Mm-hmm. And you'll read David, Fo- David Foster Wa- like several David Foster yeah. Wallace books waiting for something to be funny. <laughs> and at the end, you're like, no, he just has unusually long sentences. Yeah. That is pretty funny, though. And some insights. Sure. Tons of insights. Not really. He's not funny. Yeah. Oh, the the Deep Thoughts books. Those are funny. <laughs> Those are funny. Man, I would just sit in my room as a kid and read the Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy books, like, just front to back and just kind of laugh like a maniac. I, and I think I, – I definitely remember my mom being bothered by that behavior. <laughs> like – like really wondering interested. what I was doing. Jordan, I've I've met your mom a few times. Mm-hmm. She couldn't be a nicer lady. Sure. Um and I 
I am really, really fascinated and interested in the things that bothered your mom because you were enjoying them too much or they were too something. Yeah, no, I think my mom, uh, my mom was just concerned about stuff that was weird. I think she just had never, you know, I think she, you know, grew up, well, I was going to say typically, but I guess it wasn't super typical, but I think she just never, like, just culturally never got into any, like, counterculture stuff. A boat. Right. That it was a Chinese junk. Uh huh. A Chinese war junk. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, she grew up on the monitor, or maybe it was the Merrimack. Yeah. No, I think my mom just had never gotten to any, like, countercultural stuff. Like, she never, like, during the 60s, uh, God, I know, yeah, what's the, what's the lamest thing you would listen to in the 60s? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really either. Like, <laughs> anyway, I can't think of a poll for that. What, what The Doors? <laughs> oh, yeah, then I think that's, well, that's 70s, and that would be, like, something that that's I That's the 60s? The Doors the are doors? in the 60s? I don't know. Come on, Morris. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's bad. Oh, I hate the doors. The doors I hate are the, the doors. Ugh. Yeah, God, like... Right ugh. now, Ray Manzarek is writing us a letter. Dear Mr. Messieurs Morris and Thorne. That's his letter. He's just, he's typing it on a Hammond organ. And playing it on the organ. Lizard King. Yeah, so yeah, I think my mom just never, like, you know... She never saw weird movies or, you know, listened to weird music. It was all so when I wanted to do that, she was just concerned, I think. Because she didn't understand it. I think the reason that this fascinates me mm-hmm. specifically is that I mean, I think that you and I have grown up to be a very similar amount of countercultural. Sure. To the extent that we're countercultural. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe five or six out of ten. Yeah. That's fair. Um and but we came at it from such different angles, yeah, because your mom wouldn't i the thing that I always remember, and I've probably said on the sure. air before is your mom didn't want you to watch Pee-wee's Playhouse right. because it was too weird, sure, and I think she felt similarly about deep thoughts, like she'd say, "What are you reading?" and then I would read her one um for instance. If there's two guys, Flippy and Hambone, which one do you think likes dolphins more? You might think it's Flippy, but you're wrong. It's Hambone. <laughs> and then I would just laugh for 10 minutes. I think, yeah. So she, oh, watch for Pretty Rocks. <laughs> All to get out of writing a stupid letter. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that, you know, yeah, I think she knew that I wasn't a bad kid, but just worried because she didn't understand that. And was Whereas worried what it was getting at. My mom mm-hmm. watched Pee Wee's Playhouse with me every. That was the thing that we did together sure. every week was watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, and I remember I did not want to go to Pee Wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. and I was pretty young when it came out. Yeah. So you know, I I can see how I it wouldn't have been. You know, it's a it's more a movie for ten year olds than it is a movie for five or six year olds. Sure. However old I was when it came out. And my mom insisted that we go. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it ended up being my favorite movie as a kid. But, um, I, yeah, my mom and I would watch it every week together mm-hmm. because Fridays were – my parents, the split was 50-50. Yeah. Except for every Friday night I spent with my mom. Mm-hmm. So Saturday mornings, me and my mom would watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, and she insisted upon it. And 
the amount to which I am unusual or countercultural has always been a great disappointment to my mom. She would, yeah, she would like you to be. She would like me. Number one, she was always dismayed that I never did any drugs. Yeah, that was always a big bummer to her. Sure, because she thought drugs were really fun when she took them. <laughs> right. Um, she always. She needs to, your consciousness isn't expanded enough. Yeah, I mean, I. I have I have joked before that uh, I had joked once somewhere that my mom wished I was gay and it made her feel bad. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that she did. <laughs> no, I think she was she was fine with the fact that I was straight. But we had we on multiple occasions had that conversation where 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 your enlightened parent lets you know that it would be okay if you were gay and wanted to come out. Sure. Um, and she didn't, that didn't stop happening until I had a girlfriend that it was apparent that I was sleeping with. Gotcha. You know, that it seemed You weren't just braiding each was. other's hair. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I did have long, beautiful hair at the time. Yeah, right. And cornrows. Uh-huh. I had Allen Iverson style cornrows. Oh, that was a, do you, do you not still, do you think of going back to that at all? I have thought about it. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, I, of course I would have to get a weave. Mm-hmm. Um, because of my receding hairline. Sure. But I think it might be worth it. I passed a few weave places just on the way over here. You so, know I mean, what? I think you could probably do it on your way home today. The next time I'm in San Francisco, I'm going to stop by my favorite, uh, my favorite barber shop, yeah. Hair Jordan Stevo Styles, mm-hmm. and uh, get a weave put in uh-huh. first. And then have it styled into cornrows. Then have it styled. I'm going to get a natural just... weave. Oh, okay. The weave is going to look like a natural, mm-hmm. then I'm going to get it. Styled into cornrows. That's great. Thank you. Is there a pre-cornrowed weave you can get? I mean, it seems like maybe you could save a step. I, but I'm going for, I want verisimilitude. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you're paying for it. Absolutely. So I'm paying for it out of my pocket. And this is not inexpensive. Right. Because there's a lot of territory to cover up there. <laughs> and also, my existing hair is unsuitable. Ah, so, so it's not even going to be like a 50-50 thing? No, it's going to be like a Patti LaBelle type situation. Okay. It's just going to be a full on. They're just going to staple the hair to yeah, your skull. T- Tina Turner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to come out with hair that you would, not only that you that I did not have going in. But your scalp but will be bleeding. never imagined I could have. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That a, sounds like it's going to be beautiful. A great lion's mane of hair. That's great. That has then been cornrowed like Allen Iverson. Okay. Remember when people were upset? Maybe you don't even remember who Allen Iverson is. Vaguely. But, but when Allen Iverson was uh, when Allen Iverson was playing early in his career for the Sixers, I remember him having cornrows and people being against that mm-hmm. because it was it, it it signaled encroaching gangsterism in basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. Really interesting. I yeah, think, that was. I think that's just encroaching racism in you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I remember when like yeah, it seems like that comes out of the same mania that was worried that people would get shot at screenings of Boys in the Hood, yes. which they did yes. a few times. Yeah. But the fact that, like, oh, the existence of Boys in the Hood is what causes people to be shot. Well, I mean, no, that's true. I don't think anyone was shot pre-Boys in the Hood. No, that, was that was young. one of the first shootings. I was, yeah, I was about 10 or 11 when Boys in the Hood came out, Like, I, I guess people would point to, like, oh, World, World War II, the Civil War, you know, like all the wars that happened before Boys in the Hood. But mm. what people don't know is that those wars, um, the only deaths were by bludgeonings. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They had guns, but they just used them as bludgeons. Mm-hmm. They would turn them around mm-hmm. and use them. To, I'm, I'm, look, you know what I'm talking about. Right. I don't need to tell you about what wars were and weren't filled with bludgeonings. Look, I uh, early, if you think I don't know about the Civil War, mm-hmm. check yourself. Because earlier I delivered an eloquent lesson on the subject of the monitor and the Merrimack. That's true. And I thought it was gin. <laughs> So did what the, do I know? Did the monitor fight the Merrimack? Brian Fernandez are, are on the board says definitely he thinks the monitor fought the Merrimack. I think they did too. And then one of them sank in high seas. Are you thinking of Mothra? <laughs> the Merrimack fought Mothra. <laughs> How come more of this steampunk culture that's going on mm-hmm. does not center on um, ironclad warships? Why is it so obsessed with wristwatches, pocket watches? <laughs> well, I think that's harder to make for yourself. Why isn't it? Why is it just so many people emailing me and put this on about three-piece suits hmm. uh, when it could be about constructing constructing ironclad warships? Yeah, I building don't know. building a wooden ship mm-hmm. and then putting iron metal on top of that. Is there an ethos in steampunk? You mean like, is there something besides an aesthetic? Yeah, is there a I mean, boy, I know that they have those uh, secret sex parties. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Steam-powered uh, vibrators. I don't think there is a... Yeah. Because obviously the Victorian era was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. It couldn't have been worse. Sure. I read this book called uh, The Ghost Map. Mm-hmm. Stephen Johnson, The Ghost <clears throat> Map. Great book. hmm about how they figured out how this doctor in London uh, pinpointed the source and cause of cholera. Mm-hmm. By the way, after he figured it out, uh, no one believed him, uh, and uh, and he, it didn't become like accepted for another like fifty years or mm-hmm. something like that. But it opens with this book opens with the story of how how waste and water moved through Victorian London. Um, and basically, it's just a list of shit-related jobs. Yeah. Shit gatherers. Oh, there so... shit gatherers, urine gather- gatherers, people that picked up little pieces of metal. So steampunk people are shit-obsessed. Is that what it is? It's a, you think it's a scat thing? It might be a scat thing, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't decipher anything else about it. Maybe they're not... Maybe that it, makes more sense than... You know the problem, what I know about it now. I guess the pro- I guess their ethos is they're trying to bring back places where you can sell human excrement to be used for fertilizer on the farms on the outskirts of the city. Oh, okay, that's and cool. Urine to be dried for its essential chemicals. Sure, <laughs> that sounds fun. I can see why people are into it. Yeah, no, I I understand it now that now that I've broken it down that way, it makes mm. a lot more sense. Yeah, um, I do think it would be. I can see the like. Um, I can see the arousal factor of getting it on with a girl, but you have to, like, deal with a lot of petticoats. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is maybe the thing that I get most about it. When you're, when you're relaxing at home, are you thinking about crinolines? Well, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like a Is that thing. a bourbon? It's a thing that, goes in, that makes kind your of... skirt poof out. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will start thinking about it. Right? Yeah. Hoops, but I can, hoop skirts? Yeah, I can, I can get behind, like... You know, once in a while, if it's an ordeal to get a woman's clothes off, mm-hmm. I can like there's there's something appealing about that. You mean like it, when you're 15, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't know how to do it. 
Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I remember really clearly there being some sort of uh, – well, I guess I don't remember it clearly because I don't remember the exact magazine, but it was maybe Maxim or something like that that had a tutorial on how to get a bra off. And I pre – before I had to get a bra off, I saw this. Uh, thumb and the forefinger. The mm-hmm. the the kind of the big the classic tip, snap. The big th- tip in this is that people will try and use two hands. Like the main mistake you can use in getting a bra off is trying to use two hands. This is for our teenage listeners, right? Yeah, who yeah. shouldn't be listening to our program. No, inappropriate don't. for people sure. under eighteen. Just watch regular show. Yeah, that's for you. Uh, and also, don't watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's too weird. Too weird. Too weird. Boy, yeah, I wonder what my mom would think about, like, Adult Swim or something like that. <laughs> if she saw Eric Andre yeah, yeah, just throwing himself through pieces of his set and crying. <laughs> to be fair, I think my mom was, like, super down with The Simpsons and, like, Mystery Science Theater and stuff. Like, oh. I feel like she was always, like, and, and definitely... That's interesting. The because... more common ban in my neighborhood was this. I mean, The Simpsons had a bad rap for a while that, like, Bart was a back talker, you know... And he was a bad influence. Uh, my mom was always down with The Simpsons, so I definitely give her credit for that. That's a that's fascinating to me because The mm. Simpsons were, I think, people who are more than five years younger than us, mm-hmm. maybe even more than three or four years younger than us, don't remember that The Simpsons were immensely controversial. Yeah, totally. That it was a big this like don't have a cow, Bart saying don't have a cow right. was basically Prince making a song about incest as far as the tipper gores of the world were concerned. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember the big thing about it was back talk. Like, oh, it encourages kids to back talk. Like isn't that it doesn't that seem so crazy now? Anyway, but yeah, in the in the midst of that I loved The Simpsons more than anything and uh uh my mom, my mom was always like supremely cool about it. She's like, "No, they're an, they're a bad example. They're showing you how not to be." I always <laughs> thought that was. I look back on that as being like way more sophisticated than any mom in our neighborhood That's like thought fantastic. about it. And she actually is actually the one that showed you how to take the bra. She was, yeah. She well, she gave me the Maxim, right? The subscription to Maxim, right? Um, she insisted that you read it cover to cover every month. Oh, but oh, I was gonna my to finish my bra story. When the time came for me to take a bra off, I I got it real quick. This was what senior year of college. <laughs> yeah, right. This is last night. Yeah. Uh, good news, guys. Yeah. Uh, that I feel like I, I I've just I finally decided to wear a bra. <laughs> right. And I, you'll notice I'm not wearing it. Yeah. Because I was able to get it off. <laughs> my man tits are out of control. Yeah. Uh, but no, I feel like I got the bra off, you know, relatively, relatively stress-free, and I, I really like, I really, I, I'll, I have to thank Maxim for that, or whatever the magazine was. It occurred to me recently that I have not really undressed a lady mm-hmm. more than once a year in eight years, ten years. You've not undressed it. When you're married. Sure. You're just, you just walk around in the nude? No, you're just if it's time to go, sure. You're prepared. Right. And you can just take off your own clothes. <laughs> right. There's you not don't this have whole to. part at the beginning sure, of like, where you're trying to figure out and so you have to take off things one at a time right. to figure out if you're just going to touch boobs over bra. Right. Or whatever. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just not part of Or if you're gonna or yeah, or if you're gonna stop and finish watching Expendables too. 
<laughs> um, are you saying that you're fucking in movie theaters, Jordan? Yeah, right? I mean, come on. Or are you buying bootleg DVDs? I can't decide which is worse. Uh, <laughs> I, I will watch a bootleg DVD on my laptop in a movie theater. Right. Because sure. I'm I'm an asshole. Right. Um, oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess when you do get into long term relationship, yeah, I guess that is that is such a mark of a new relationship is the like we're stripping off each other's clothes before we fuck. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, you might have you know once in a while you'll have like daytime kitchen sex or something like that. Sure. Um, I mean, when I say you, I mean you and I. Yeah. Um, but it's not, uh, it, it's not. The... And Daytime Kitchen is a cute little diner in Silver Lake. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. Very cute. And oil cloth, a Mexican oil cloth on the table, on the tables. Sure. Everything has creme fraiche on it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> After we ejaculate. <laughs> it's what I call my ejaculate. Ugh. Okay, look, we'll be back in just a <laughs> second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, we're back from London, by the way. We did get back from London. That was a blast. That was a blast and a we half. Had a good old time sure. in jolly old England. Yeah, right? That's what the natives call it. Right. It was weird to be in London uh, when I would say 20% of the population of the city was uh, for, lived there. Right. Um, yeah, I guess the I guess the uh, the London government um, did such a good job of which, by the way, is a guy with long hair who rides around on a bike. Right, uh, did such a good job of like warning London that it was going to be batshit for the Olympics that everybody just left town. Yeah, and all the businesses were fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, I gotta say, we went to see. Okay, so let's get this. Let's let's talk about Donna. Mm-hmm. Donna Vacalis, our um, our pal who was in the Olympics, yep. uh, competed in the Olympics. Sure, uh, it, we got to see the the day was split into two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, the modern pentathlon day. Uh, the first part was at the Aquatic Center, uh, that featured swimming mm-hmm. and of course fencing, mm-hmm. which they do underwater. <laughs> right. It seems like yeah, it seems like you'd you'd be worried about slipping with the fencing, yeah. Because people are tracking their tracking their wet feet everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, it's just what if someone pokes a hole in your diving suit? That there you go. They wear diving suits also, right? Like you know the kind where two guys have to pump it. Yeah, on a board ship, you get bonus points in the swimming if you find a a, a big rectangular treasure chest. <laughs> Modern pentathlon is weird. Also, you have to fight an octopus. Sure. Um, so, uh, so we did not get to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our pal Rebecca, who went with us, mm-hmm. um, and her family did get to see that. They said it was a blast. Um, but Donna was nice enough to actually invite us to the afternoon event, sure, uh, which we watched with her pal and her dad. Uh, from box seats. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to brag or anything. We had box seats for the Olympics. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. Right, wasn't it? Oh, it was totally it, amazing. Didn't it exceed your expectations yeah, for amazingness? Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, like, you know, as a guy who has a little bit of a hard time getting into sports, it's always kind of a toss-up for me when I'm at a sporting event, um, whether I'm 
whether I get emotionally invested in it or not. It's it it is kind of fifty fifty. You might um, just get emotionally invested in your beers. Sure. Yeah. Which yeah, yes. Um, but this, there were no beer. Oh no, you could get beers at this. You could get beers. You could also get uh, meat pies. Right, meat pies is what they sell at a sporting event in England. Yeah, that is their hot dog. Um, yeah. Oh, it was really hot though. I didn't want to get beer sleepy. Um, that's why I didn't have one. I got severely sunburned. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it. it but it was totally thrilling. And I guess the thing that. Uh, the thing that was more of a factor than I expected it to be was the fact – the first thing we saw was the horse jumping. Right. And this is this is where they have to jump through a course mm-hmm. um, of show jumps or whatever they're called, yeah. horse jumps. And they have like a target time. So they don't go as fast as they can. Uh, the goal is they have to go kind of fast uh, and they get points deducted if they go too slow or if they uh, fail any of the jumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, all the jumps were shaped like famous British things. Yeah. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, and it was weird because thing is really the only word you could use. Right. Like there was one... There were some events and there were some objects. Yeah, like you think you have a handle on it when you see the, you know, Big Ben-themed one and the mm-hmm. Tower of London-themed one. Right. Like, oh, right, okay, so it's things in London. These are, I guess, it's to, describe, to, to, to further describe, these are the, this is what are holding up the poles that the horses are jumping over. Yeah. They're shaped, they're not just other poles, they're shaped like Some monuments, but also... It's a lot like mini-golf, actually. Right, yeah, yeah, it did, it did seem to have a similar design style. Uh, and maybe the weirdest one was the Charles Darwin origin of the species jump. Well, would you say that was more weird than the Great Fire themed jump? Uh, yes. Because, it because it's have a an guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because it had a political agenda. No, it was like Darwin's face, and then. But I mean, like can you imagine if, something? Can you imagine if they had the Olympics in New York, and they had like uh, you know, they had an Empire State Building themed sure. one, and they had a Statue of Liberty themed one. They had a Don Mattingly themed one, and then they had a 9-11 themed one yeah. with the Twin Towers on fire. Sure. Um, yeah, that was so weird. What about that London fire was so important that they thought, I mean, I mean, I well, guess it, it destroyed much of London. Yeah, but why is it something that you want to remember in a horse jump, I yeah, guess? Like, like, where what is it, the Boer War here? Like, what did it do to London that is beneficial, where, I guess? Where's the Norman invasion themed one? <laughs> sure. if it's just important things in the history of England. Yeah. Where's where's Gorgo, the weird Godzilla knockoff that they made in England? <laughs> he knocks over ben, Big Ben. It's pretty cool. But what you're right that we I did not know what to expect out of this horse thing because I could give a shit about horses, mm-hmm. frankly. Well, I would say you're openly aggressive toward them. <laughs> Do you remember our friend Alex Blagg used mm-hmm. to have this blog called I Hate Horses? <laughs> yeah. It was just about how much he f- – it was just be like, I fucking hate Palominos. <laughs> that was good. Oh, everybody get on the Wayback Machine and take a look at that from – that's one of the best internet things of 2004. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say that the kind of – where the ex- – 
excitement and stress of that horse jumping came from was the fact that the uh, the riders only met the horses, you know, 20 minutes before they rode. Literally 20 minutes before they rode. And you could, and maybe it was just because we were close, but you could see that the horses were agitated. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of people fell off. It didn't seem to, it seemed to be less about making that target time and more about, can you stay on this horse that's kind of ganked up you get five so what they do is uh, before the show mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. you know before they they raise the, the play curtain, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the, like the day before everyone gets to observe the horses as they travel through the track so this demonstrates that these horses are capable of going through this track right uh, but that's with their owners or trainers or whatever you know mitt romney's wife right or another horse, yeah. which they're very comfortable with. They are. Their horse slavery is a big thing <laughs> yeah. in the horse community. Well, I mean, they shouldn't be so complacent. They really need a horse civil war sure. to straighten things out. Yeah. They need a horse. You know. They I, need some hover trains. I really Some had, hover battle trains. I had high hopes that Secretariat would be the horse Frederick Douglass mm. because he was, of course, liberated. Sure. Um, but he couldn't convince horse Abraham Lincoln to take a stand. <laughs> Oh, horse Lincoln. Um, but I did enjoy the horse monitor and Mary Mac. Right. Um, the the horses are so they get to see them go through this course, mm-hmm. but that's it. Then before the thing, they get twenty minutes and five practice jumps. Yeah, and that's a third of the course or something. There's like twelve or thirteen of these uh, jumps, mm-hmm. and is is terrifying. Because getting thrown from a horse is something that could ha- lead you to die. Yeah, totally. And it and it happened. Like, people got thrown off their horses. And I would say, like, a third of the people got thrown off their horses. Totally, yeah. It didn't seem... It, yeah, it, that seemed to be the greatest challenge of the event, was just getting this horse to not throw you off. And there were many situations where the horse just came up to a jump and just stopped and was like, uh-uh, fuck this. Yeah. Or was like, no, sir. And the, um, the announcer... Before the before the event started, uh, talked about how you know kind of easily agitated the horses are, and then had everyone be silent. So I mean, if you know, think of a sporting you know a giant stadium filled. I don't know how many people There's would you tw- say twenty three thousand. But yeah, so just this giant stadium of people being silent. And that it, was creepy. It really like spoke to. Well, I guess I don't know how many of them were British, but it really seemed to speak well for British manners that uh-huh. people were able to be silent. Like if that was in America, people would just be yelling weird stuff probably and. Free bird. Yeah, free bird. Mostly free bird. Oh, God. People still do that. That's I awful. No, Isn't that the worst? That's the fucking worst. Come on. Yeah. You know it's 2012, right? Yeah. When... You, can, you can move on now to whatever zombie jokes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Pirate yeah, You're humor. late to that. Yeah, yelling Freebird at a at a concert. Jesus Christ. Let's let's kick things off. Let's kick things down the road to things from 2002. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so it was, Why don't you throw some Beanie Babies on stage? It was fantastically you would never intense throw Beanie on stage. That well, not even when they were popular, you wouldn't be throwing them on. You'd be collecting them and not taking the tags highly, off. They're highly collectible. They're very collectible. You know what you you know what you would throw on stage though. This was a big problem for Bruce Springsteen, Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh yeah, you'd have to <laughs> swat them away. And and previously, yeah. during the earlier part of Springsteen's career, Pet Rocks, that mm. was actually dangerous. Sure. That was a concern. Rubik's Cubes isn't that between. What, isn't that why Clarence Clements died spirographed to the head? <laughs> <laughs> he was very talented. Yeah. And he, he'll be missed. 
I believe Buddy Holly was killed by a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> or was that the Big Bopper? Yeah, no, the Big Bopper was killed by Jax. <laughs> took, took a couple of Jax to the eyes. Richie Valens was killed by a stickball stick. Oh, no, plane crash. Oh, right. They were sorry. all killed in a plane right. crash. Sorry, the I day forgot. the music died, Jesse. I forgot. The day the music died. So it was really an intense thing to see because you do not know whether these horses will do the things that the people want them to do. And they, and in the moments when it's working, it's so fluid yeah. and so graceful. It's as though, you know, horse and rider are one. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's a real dick thing to say. Yeah, right. Come on. Um, but you want to yell "Freebird" now? But at any moment, but at any moment, the horse could just pull up short. Sure. One woman in this competition uh, was thrown from the horse right before the horse decided that it was. It had decided that it wasn't going to jump over this thing. Yeah. Then it changed its mind. Decided it would. This woman had been thrown and was hanging from the side of the neck of the horse. As, like, all the way off the horse with her arms around its neck, you know, falling underneath yeah. its front. As the horse jumped over one of the, uh, one of the barriers, I thought she was going to be killed. Yeah, it was it – was, it was, God, the whole thing was such a spectacular display. I mean, I guess you think of horse jumping as, you know, like – or just any kind of horse sport as just being a little, you know, a little foo-foo, a little fancy. But, but boy, this was sure just – Thrilling and yeah, I mean, I definitely have just all the respect in the world for somebody who can Mitt Romney, min, Mitt Romney specifically, yeah, who can pay for the raising can, of one of these beautiful creatures, <laughs> right? Someone with the resources. Does Mitt Romney's uh, wife really raise horses? She had. A, you didn't know about this? Oh, she had a horse in the Olympics, right? Yeah, she had a oh, horse okay. in the Olympics in dressage, I believe, hmm. which is horse dancing. Oh, great. Um, so, okay. She seems great. She seems really cool. So it was an incredibly intense experience. Uh, Donna was one of the people who was thrown, and that mm-hmm. was like, it was like getting your guts torn sure, out. Sure, oh, absolutely. Um, but she, what, the other thing about this that was so amazing to me, the horse part of this specifically, mm-hmm. is that when they got, when you got thrown off, that wasn't the end. People had to get back on the horse and finish in time to still get points. Yeah. And so these – I was more impressed by the people who got thrown because it was such – it was so sincerely amazing to see them get thrown from a horse, Mm -hmm. which is – you know, I I have a – one of my wife's friends – uh, works at a ranch that does horse therapy mm-hmm. for kids, and she got thrown from a horse and hurt very badly once. And just to think, like, just getting thrown from a horse is a big, traumatic, terrifying, horrible thing. And they literally get back on the horse and finish finish the course. And it's like the bravest thing you can ever see. Be- you could ever see because you know these folks. A, it may or may not have meant that they're definitely not going to achieve their life stream of winning the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but B, they're in physical danger. Sure. They may even be hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure the horse doesn't calm down after that. No, the it's horse... probably getting more agitated. Yeah, the horse is, like, running in circles. Yeah. The horse wants to, like, leave the joint. Mm-hmm. In fact, the horse did try and leave in one, in one yeah, case. Yeah, I think a horse did run away. Um, and... They get back on. Hmm. They get back on this. In- yeah, it's amazing. It was the. It was consistently the most amazing. I think it was the most, the bravest thing I've ever seen in a sporting event. Oh, these totally. people, these women getting back on these horses, 
And like I said, it was a it was a huge number of the cases, and they, it's built into the scoring system. You know, you get thrown, it's you get stopped, it's a certain number of points off, and yeah. and you can get back on and still finish the course in time to get points. It is it was amazing. And then the second part was the uh, run and shoot. Yeah, and that was a little more like fun. Like, it was still kind of thrilling, but, like, the danger wasn't there. Right. It's weird that the thing with the gun is less dangerous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that was fun, and, the, and the, the announcer let us know that we could, like, kind of cheer and hoot and holler at that one. So um, that was, like, a little more light and fun. The other one was I was pretty stressful. It was, like, bordering on too stressful for me to want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but that, the, the run and shoot was just totally cool and fun to watch. It was exciting to see Max Gunn mm-hmm. in action. Yes. Uh, everyone, that's, that is the name that we settled on mm-hmm. for uh, Donna's Gun. Yes. Uh, Donna. We're also sponsoring a male porn star. That will also be his <laughs> <Yes>. name. <laughs> that's spelled with three X's and two N's. Yeah. Um, in the latter case. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for, because we want it to be easily Googleable. Right. And to imply pornography. <laughs> these, are, these are all the reasons to add X's. So, um, yeah, the run and shoot part, what they do is they set up one side of He's the stadium. He's gay for pay. Yeah. <laughs> they set up one side of the stadium with shooting booths, mm-hmm. and then they let them out. They let them run around this course that takes them a little bit out of the stadium and then back in. And then they get to the shooting booth. They have to hit the target four times before they can run again. They do this several times. Yeah. Um, and that was just people going apeshit. And I have to say that um, the woman who won, I believe, the silver medal was British. There were two British competitors in this thing. Mm. And, you know, every time they would re-enter the stadium, uh, people would go crazy like nothing I've ever experienced in uh, in a sporting venue. Yeah. And I've – I mean, I've never – maybe – I I was going to say like maybe when um maybe when I went to the 1989 American League 1990 American League Championship Series between mm-hmm. the A's and the Red Sox. Yeah. But even then I don't think well no I don't know. I think uh uh Roger Clemens and Tony Peña got in a fight with someone. <laughs> um and that may have uh, uh that may have led to as sustained cheering as <laughs> Right. But there's this something about a race that is for an Olympic medal where just everyone and 80% of the stadium was British. So everyone is going completely apeshit for this woman. Mm-hmm. And I was getting goosebumps for real. Oh, like, totally. Gen- like actual goosebumps um, from these people cheering. And they're cheering for someone that I'm rooting against. Yeah. You know, like it was it was just beautiful. Yeah, that like that. That malicious feeling toward the other competitors was not something I experienced, um, which yeah. is something that I don't love about a sporting event when it gets when you feel like it's getting mean to the other team. Yeah, well, I'm going to a Giants Dodgers game on Monday, so we'll see how it goes for old Jesse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's always something that I that I what makes me a little squirmy. Um, but yeah, this was this seemed totally fun and like appropriate to and me. I cried a little bit during the medal ceremony, Aww. just a little bit, because it was so beautiful. And they were playing Spice Girls. This yeah, <laughs> everywhere you went during we the Olympics, mention that they exclusively play Spice Girls on the radio in the UK. Yeah, they used to also play Robbie Williams songs. Sure, uh, whoever that is. <laughs> I was really amazed at the. At the frequency to which I heard a Spice Girls song while in London, it yeah. was pretty. It was pretty, 
pretty mind-boggling. They reunited or something. Yeah, I think they've got a they've got like a Broadway musical coming out. Okay. Uh, I don't. I think it's a jukebox musical. Right. Um, it's based it on might, the, it's might, based on the songs of Richie Valens. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, I don't know if it's if it's if maybe the Spice Girls just never got off of you know the radio in England, or if it's just part of this kind of '90s nostalgia. I couldn't I, tell. I am. It is never. I have been to the UK now five times in my life. Mm-hmm. At no point does it stop being weird that they have their own celebrities. <laughs> right. But not just that they have their own celebrities, but that our They all ce- have shortened names for them. Like many of the celebrities are people that we would consider to be celebrities. Mm-hmm. Many of their celebrities are Brad Pitt. Sure. Then they have this other Case set of do. their own celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not diminishing this. Obviously, there must be people in the United States that are famous in the United States, but not in England, like maybe country music stars or something. Yeah, reality TV people. But it it always, it's so disconcerting to have celebrity culture where there is a thriving celebrity culture in the UK sort of twisted in a weird way so that you're forced to cons- you're forced to uh face up to how horrible and weird it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cuz it's just about some weird guy. Yeah. Also uh also in England they're much more comfortable with letting dumpuses be celebrities. Oh, totally. <laughs> so I think it's just a legacy of previous generations with, you know, bad teeth celebrities or something. But it they I'd say only 25% of their celebrities are attractive. So that's also confusing <laughs> to me. It's just a whole crazy world. It is, yeah, sure. It's a, one of the uh, we were um, we we had uh, we had dinner with the uh, with the delightful Helen Zaltzman while we were there, and something the I answer me this podcast. Uh, something uh, I had to have her explain to me was there was a bus ad um, that was that was pretty prominent while we were there, and it featured um, I forget what the name of the movie was, but it was for a movie, and it featured this kind of like. Maybe like seventies looking guy in jean shorts, like short jean shorts, kind of laid out in a seductive pose. Um, he wasn't like out of shape or anything. That wasn't the joke. Um, but it was for this movie, and it had a quote that was like from the character, I guess. Like the and the the quote was, "Oosh, bang tidy," <laughs> and. That was the most like I think that was the clearest example to me of like oh they've got their own thing going on over here that is just like it's, I I couldn't even begin to tell you what oosh bang tidy meant. It sounds like it could be Dutch, right? right? Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, maybe though, they're making fun of the Dutch. It's as though we're in. It's as though you're in the Netherlands. Like what's confusing about it isn't that there are different elements to popular culture in yeah. a foreign country. That makes perfect sense. It's just that there are only some elements, but they're completely different and yeah. unrecognizable. Like 75%, we've got 75% overlap, mm. but that 25% is just completely baffling because it's something like oosh, bang, tidy. <laughs> sure. I remember seeing like a, um, like, you know, as as we all were, I was super into uh, Wayne's World when it came out. And um, uh, I remember seeing a local news report when they played Wayne's World in other countries. They would, with your ticket, they would hand you out like a translation guide, uh-huh. and that was kind of part of it, where you could see what schwing meant. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that oosh bang tidy is probably something along those lines. It's a it's a regional schwing, right? 
So Donna, Fini- I guess Schwing's not anything. I guess that didn't come from anything. They made did that it? Up. Yeah. No, I think they invented Schwing. Anyway, I think, I think so too. Yeah, maybe it's Canadian. Could be Canadian. Maybe Canadian. It, Schwing. It might just come from the fertile imagination of Mr. Dana Carvey. Yeah. Um, oh, but I guess the conceit was that Wayne and Garth were from Aurora, Illinois. So yeah. I guess it probably wouldn't be. Maybe it is. A, maybe it's a Midwest thing. Schwing. Schwing? Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Donna finished the uh, pentathlon, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I would never have imagined, mm-hmm. of all the experiences in my life, I don't think I would have ever imagined that one of them would be giving a hug to someone that was just finished the Olympics. Yeah, it's a oh, solid experience. Like, just finished the Olympics. Yeah. Like, we were still standing there. Yeah. She came over before the medal ceremony started. It gave everybody a hug. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah. It was like, this woman was just in the Olympics. <laughs> and we know her. We, I know someone, <clears throat> and it's not, it's not the academic Olympics. <laughs> sure. Which I presume is something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the Olympics of stargazing. Sure. Although that would be pretty thrilling if there's anybody who's in the Olympics of stargazing. Sure. Bird watching. If anybody's doing a big year out there. (laughs) Jordan, you're opening up the gates. We got public radio listeners listening to this right now. Yeah. Came over from Bullseye. I want to, I want to, yeah, let's hear from you. We've seen the Olympics, been there, done that. Now we want to see. Oh, yeah. What are some other championships that we want to get invited to? A a black eyed warbler. Mm hmm. Out in. Sure. Old Kentucky. A yellow-breasted festoon. Uh-huh. I just made that up. Sure. Maybe that's a real bird. I made a black-eyed warbler. That's probably a type of bird. Oh, right? that's fun. Should we just make up birds for another 15 <laughs> minutes? No, no, that's fun. We could let's what let's just demand to be invited to some other world some class other major uh, world boggle championship. Oh, I'll go to that. I I don't know if that's real or just a plot point on King of the Hill. Either way, I'd like to be invited <laughs> to it. Right. We would also like some King of the Hill DVDs. Yeah. Please mail them to us. Some Something involving the puzzle master. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if Will Shorts is out there. Like maybe a prize fight. Okay, yeah, I'll go to a prize fight. Or an MMA. I've been to the, I've been to the With world. With Will Shorts, I'm talking about. Oh, right, yeah. Sure. It's, he's, yeah, he's facing off against who's the next most prominent crossword puzzle guy. Oh, I don't know. I was just going to say like Lennox Lewis or something like that. Oh, he's fighting a fighter. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. He's going to get his ass handed to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that mustache, man. <laughs> I've been to the World Championship of Street Fighter, so I've seen that already. What was that like? Uh, it's pretty Pasty. amazing. Y- yes. Well, you know what? Uh, right. Not basically, no white people are involved uh, in that. Uh, any uh, any American what country plays uh, uh, Street Fighter? Um, it's mostly Japan wins, but this year uh, South Koreans won. Uh. A little rivalry there. And anyone from America is either uh, Asian, Black, or Hispanic who plays. Interesting. Yeah. Do they play Street Fighter number two? Uh, it changes year to year which one, but I mean they usually play what is the most definitive kind of recent version of the game. So okay. this year it would be Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Arcade Edition version twenty twelve. Oh, I so yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. I follow. But it, next year it might be something else. Is there an NBA two K six championship oh. that I could get involved? I don't in? know. Because a lot of see here's here's my secret, Jordan, <clears throat> to qualifying for the NBA 2K6 championship. A lot of these players they're not thinking, mm-hmm. and so they just buy a new version of a game when it comes out, and so they're too so busy playing NBA 2K12, sure, 
that they don't know. I've been They're not honing here. their 2K6. I've been honing my 2K6 skills. I basically, I think I maybe I even still have Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have, I'm pretty sure I have uh, like Hakeem Olajuwon or something. I uh, sometimes I think about going to. Uh, I feel like you see these signs a lot. You see them, you know, when you get kind of more toward like, you know, like kind of the Compton side of LA. You see those, um, you know, those two color signs that are usually only to advertise like county fairs or gun shows or like, uh, you know, yeah, and Mexican music concerts. Sometimes the background of these signs. This is a very. I mean, I'm sure these exist in other places, mm-hmm. but this is a very LA thing mm-hmm. to have. Um, which is these, yeah, black on day glow like green, printed yeah, signs. Yeah. And often the day glow is uh, like a rainbow mm-hmm. of several colors. Um, but anyways, I see a lot the kind of the, the genres are like gun show. DJ quick concert. DJ quick concert. Yeah, Mexican music. Yeah. Um, Bonda concert, perhaps. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but they also occasionally I'll see them for video game tournaments. And it's either Madden or Call of Duty. Usually, I don't think I've seen anything else. Probably a fun bunch of guys go out. Probably a things. great bunch of guys. So I yeah, mean, I, I sometimes think you're would like at, to see one of those. You're looking at sweet winning attitudes, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, and just a kind of general high level of social aptitude. But probably that and, leads to a great party. But Plus you know, plenty of chicks. And yeah, lots of chicks. And you know what? I mean, probably just just kind of given the you know uh, just kind of given the games that they're playing, there's probably just a little dash of thug in there, uh-huh. which probably. Really, like, rounds that out. Yeah. You want a couple guys that that brought, that know how to hide a knife. Sure. You know? (laughs) Right. At any event. That have, that own many bandanas. Sure. (laughs) But no, I I mean, just kind of being interested in- in, All the same color, by the way. Right, yes. Being interested in video game stuff, I kind of want to go to one of those to see what it's like, but I bet it's it's probably not fun. Have you ever been to one of these things? Uh, We have a listener who goes to- who loads a Street Fighter thing into a truck yeah. and drives it to a warehouse to play all through the night? Uh, I have been to one of those, yeah. I've oh. competed in one of those before. Did you win? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I'm not. What place did you get? Uh, I mean, I beat one or two guys, which was uh, which was way more than I thought I was going to do. Good for you, Jordan. Thanks. What, what, what did it cost to enter? Uh, Ten bucks. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. That's, that's lovely. Like, that's like, what, two Semita Poblanas? Sure. I mean, if that's how you... I'm just using that because that's what I ate for lunch. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and But in this thing, I mean, no no, uh, no one was um, uh, seemed to be nervous about just openly farting. <laughs> like, people would just, well, I'm going to rip a... F- <laughs> like, no, one, no one politely held it in and then went outside for a second. Maybe it was even like it was part of the strategy. Yeah, maybe it was even like, all right, I'll fucking gross people out with my farts, and then I'll distract them, and I'll be able to win. Well, the problem is your hands are busy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to try and do something to gain competitive advantage, you've only got so many tools at your disposal. Sure, there's probably rules about what you can say. Yeah, you could probably. You could, I guess you can fart or start crying. <laughs> That'd be funny if you like you was crying, but like not not like. Wails, but like just you, like tears were streaming down your face, but you were still playing the game. That would be so freaky. 
That would like really fuck with the other guy, I bet. That's a good system. Yeah. I like that system. Random crying. Okay. Well, we'll figure out some other championships we could go to. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Okay, big news. Mm-hmm. Ask.metafilter.com. What? Yeah, I know. That exists? From the makers of Metafilter. What? Okay, there's a what? website. A website you go no. to. You write your question. You find an answer. Uh-huh. Or let's just say you're not just going to ask a question. You can search it. What? I bet you can find a good answer. The nice that thing about Ask Metafilter relative to your other ask a question websites right is that the people this is winky based ones is that the the people who answer the questions are certified non-idiots that's great you know why hmm. they had to pay five dollars to join metafilter there you go that's the difference sure if you just charge that makes five all bucks, the difference a one-time charge of five dollars yeah is that was that our friend matt howie who founded metafilter mm-hmm. that was like his great brilliant insight yeah was Assholes don't want to pay five bucks. <laughs> like yeah, five sure. bucks is a borderline inconsequential amount of money to pay, right. but assholes aren't going to pay it. That's that's I think dipshits won't give up five bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, that's, he, he doesn't make the money from the five super bucks. Super duper true. It's not a revenue stream. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an, just it's an a, asshole elimination. Uh, exactly, elimination and service. it works spectacularly well. I believe it. Anyway, askmetafilter.com. Sometimes I just like to go there and just look and. See what kind of weird question someone answered that someone knew the answer to. Sure. I love it. But this is a lot I of love it. Hey, up on the Jumbotron this week. What's that on Max Fun Stadium? Why, it's a Jumbotron. <laughs> and it says fuckingdelightful.com. Oh. Fuckingdelightful.com is a project to create uh, beautiful uh, cards featuring hand or beautiful calligraphy and, sw- and swearing-based uh, greetings. Uh, I can get behind this. Yeah. So this messages, is great. messages including congratulations, <laughs> salutations, motherfucker. Sure. Um, all rendered in a beautiful calligraphic manner. That is a lot of fun. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. 25 bucks get you four different cards with envelopes and exclusive sweary stickers. Hey. Including postage. Go to fuckingdelightful.com. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's easy, it's cheap. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Oh, I'm I'm having fun already. Just me too. thinking about it makes me <laughs> boner, hammock boner hard. Hammock boner. What did we talk about? Hammock boners. We talked about that with Graham Linehan. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Hey, by the way, I just I've gotten like four emails from people worried that we did poorly at our uh, London show. Yeah, I think we must have just not turned the audience volume up enough. Oh yeah. Or, uh, we did great at the London show. I no we, need to worry. Sure, we were we were hilarious. Yeah, I mean, we basically had to like fight off blowjobs. I know. Well, yeah, certainly. Sure, I did. I mean, after we got the first blowjob, right? Like, there's a refractory period, exactly. and it's just uncomfortable to have your penis sucked. Exactly during that refractory period. And plus, period. I was adjusting to the fact that I had had my first gay experience. Sure. So, so yeah, there was some was emotional fine. shit going on, there's, but it's just shit I had to process. Yeah. Anyway, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron if you want to get up on the Jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. 
Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Okay, Jordan. Yes. Let's do this momentous occasions Yay! style. When something momentous Yay! happens to you, you give us a telephone call. There's a baby bird in here. There's a baby bird. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's uh, play the calls. Two, okay. 206-984-4FUN is the number to put in your telephone now. Somebody tweeted... I should remember to put the momentous occasions number in my phone so that I can call it when something momentous happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you fucking sending a tweet instead of remembering to do that? Yeah. Somebody posted on the forum, what's yeah. the number? Yeah. It's the one that we give out on every fucking show. Yeah. 206-984-4FUN. JJ go at MaximumFun.com. Oh, great. The baby birdie's back in there. Let's just play a call and see okay. if the birdie leaves. Hey, guys. This is Everett Reed calling from Jackson County, Alabama. And after having been unemployed for over a year, I have just finished my first week as a full-time instructor of English at Northeast Alabama Community College. And it is 3 o'clock, and I am on the way home to see my family roll around on the floor with my 10-month-old son. And it is a good day. Thank you. Bye. That's nice. No one was heartwarming. That's nice. It was very heartwarming. I was was kind of hoping that Maybe where he was headed was somewhere salacious. But you know what? That's great, too. Like a fuck palace? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I just got done with my uh, my first day of work. Been out of, been out of work for a while. Uh, happy to be to be back on the job, and now I'm going to a cockfight. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was hoping for. But you know what? That's great. Being with your family, sure. I uh, I can tell you, Jordan, mm-hmm. you don't really know about this, but sure. uh, I do. Rolling around on the floor with a 10-month-old is every bit as fun as a cockfight. Oh, fight. I believe it. Um, I am my own, the only... Less cruel, too. The, the only sadness for me about the fact that uh, my son has turned one mm-hmm. and uh, learned how to walk yeah. is that when he walks, there's not as much sort of... Rolling around on the floor related stuff that you yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it, he'll be two or three before I can before we can get involved in sort of walking themed horseplay. Sure. You know what I mean? Like where I toss him Walk around. Walk over to this horse. Where, no, where I toss him around and so okay, forth. Okay, sure. You know what I mean? Like I can sort of do some kind of horseplay with him right now. Yeah. He loves horseplay, by the way. Oh, I mean. This kid, he loves horseplay. Sure. Let's take the next call. Simon is the Hi, Jordan. Name. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. This is Tanya calling from Vancouver, Canada, with a momentous occasion. Uh, I spent the last few years in a long-distance relationship with my boyfriend. Uh, he lives in Britain. It's been really tough. Um, we are both very aware that long-distance relationships usually don't work out because they are extremely difficult. So it's definitely been really hard over the last few years, but we've been making it work. And uh, about a year ago... Uh, He started his application process for residency in Canada, and today he has officially moved to Canada and into my apartment with me. So there you go. It all worked out. And now we're in a domestic partnership. Uh, We're really in love, and today is just a really, really awesome day. More powerful than ever. Thanks, guys. Love the show. I don't know if I trust this guy. I'm going to be honest with you. Jordan. Yeah, I wonder. Also, I mean, I guess it's the practical thing to do. I wonder. I wonder about the just the 
logistics of not logistics, maybe emotional logistics is more the issue of like being in a long distance relationship with someone and then moving in with them. Yeah, like his dick could explode. The, the dick might explode from all the fucking. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, I wonder. God, that, it seems like it would be so intense, like only like, you know, seeing someone over, you know, over email and phone and then you live with them. Do you think that everyone in Vancouver talks in that same sort of gentle, measured manner? I hope so. Like Dave and Graham do? <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> I love it. No, me too. I think it's wonderful. Oh, Vancouver's a delight. How could you not fall in love with someone who spoke so, in such a measured and and thoughtful manner? That's why I fell in love with Rick Moranis. <laughs> Was he from Vancouver? I don't know. Let's not look into it. <laughs> That's why I fell in love with a Kodiak bear. Oh, okay. Um, we, I think we got one more momentous occasion here. Hi, Jordan Jessica. This is Kara from Philadelphia. Uh, it's currently 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm hiding from my boyfriend in the other room because I'm holding in my hand his birthday gift, which is a homemade card wrapped in paper that I stole from work that has little pictures of diamonds, Rolex watches, and mustaches on it. And inside of the card, on the front of it, it says, uh, <laughs> are my dreams coming true? And on the inside of it, it says, yes, they are, which is a quote I pulled from the website. And inside the card is two homemade tickets that I made for Max Funcon East. So hopefully he's super spiced when he gets it. He's a regular listener. And crashes in for me. I was there's so much build up to that. I was hoping it was going to be two tickets to a cockfight. <laughs> I mean, well, we're thinking Max about... Funcon East is going to be great. We're... I'm not saying that it's not going to be great. I'm just saying that I kind of was hoping for something a little more salacious. Jordan, why don't you come to Max Funcon East and get on the animal cruelty track? Oh, okay, yeah. We've got a track I think I was, presentation this year. I think I was going to do... Michael Vick I was going to do improv class. I usually do an We're improv class. We're giving Michael Vick a Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, who who deserves it more than him? Nobody. Oh, everyone. <laughs> All humans. Um, yeah, I guess I usually do an improv thing at Max FunCon. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I would change it to like a sketch writing thing this year, but I guess I could just do like animal matchups right sure i mean yeah i mean god it seems like it would have to be a two-tiered thing because like just tying the razor blades onto their feet is yeah kind of an art in and of itself part of the question is if you bring the land shark to another state does it have to go into quarantine oh yeah i guess so well, maybe I'll mail it to myself. Does New York have... I'll just FedEx it to myself, does ha- like I do with my weed. Speci- does New York have specific quarantine rules regarding fictional creatures? Yeah. I, I mean, I think each state has its own laws. You know, there are... You know, like gay marriage? I want to say something about Max Funcani. Because sure. I had a conversation with Nick White uh, about this yesterday. Nick is our events director, mm-hmm. in addition to being the editor of uh, Bullseye. Uh Apparently, and I'm really happy about this, we, were, we weren't sure how many people were going to want to come to Max FunCon East and room with someone that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, a certain number of people come in couples or in pairs. Sure. Uh, but many people uh, come solo, mm-hmm. and they often don't know anyone at Max FunCon. Yeah. Um, and that is no problem at Max FunCon. is the friendliest sure. place on God's green earth. Um, but we didn't know if people would be so confident as to take rooms together. Mm-hmm. So we gave a little discount to people who took rooms together because we only had so many rooms and we wanted to get as many people a chance to come as possible. 
And apparently, from what Nick's t- Nick tells me, it's like four out of five mm-hmm. or eight out of ten. Those are the same proportion, but yeah. <laughs> uh, nine out of ten. Uh, that are um, that are deciding to do the friendship rate, where you get a discount for rooming with someone you don't know. Hey, and I am so happy about that. Yeah, both because no one murder anyone else. Yeah, both because it means that everyone will have an automatic best friend when mm-hmm. they get there. Sure, but also because it means that we still actually have a few seats to sell. No oh. beds to sell. Whether or not you want to share a room with somebody, um, we announced. What the if you want to sleep in a seat? Right. Well, I mean, then you can you can get a seat. Yeah. Well, okay. you mean you can bring one of those like uh, like one of those those cane chairs that oh, grand- yeah, grandpas yeah. use. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, grandpa's cane chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a shooting stick. You know mm-hmm. what that is? It's like it's like a it's like a sort of a cane that that's that folds out into a seat hmm. so that you can sit on it and shoot. You know, grouse. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Fuck them. Grouse or something. Do you, do you think a, a grouse would win as against a fighting cock? Grouse or cock, I guess is what I'm asking. Grouse v. cock. Grouse v. cock? Yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to refer that one to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, right. The case of grouse v. cock. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Keep Earl Warren away from that one. Um... We have this amazing. That's my noise I make when I make a Supreme Court joke. Um, we have a really amazing lineup from Max FunCon East. Um, we are looking at number one, Mr. Dick Cavett, mm-hmm. the most legendary of legendaries. Uh, I'm fucking over the moon about this. Of course, Hodgman's going to be there. We sure. got Michael Ian Black is going to be there. Great. We have H- Hari Kondabalu, mm. one of the funniest comedians in New York. Another one of the funniest comedians in New York on the subject of funniest comedians in New York, Mr. Tony Kameen. <gasps> Tony Comedian is so fucking funny, man. He's great. So fucking funny. If you ever want to see a comedian just destroy an audience for half an hour straight while doing two or three jokes from his act, <laughs> um, Tony Comedian yeah. is your man. Comedian Pardo. Yeah, exactly. Those are those are the two best. Mm-hmm. The two best I've ever seen sure. at, at just uh, making shit up yeah. that's not act-related and destroying. Um, but, uh, we oh, Jonathan Ames? Oh, wow. Mr. Jonathan Great. Ames is going to be there? Sure. I want to. This is what I want to sell to people, though. Ames will write a funny book oh, on the subject of funny novels and, and whether or not they exist. Explodo's going to be there? Hey. Uh, Ames is working on something that is, I can't tell you about it, but it's amazing. He called Nick and he's like, can I do this? That's a perfect Jonathan Ames impression, sure. by the way. Um, it's insane, but it's perfect for Max von Kahn. But the one thing that I really want to sell is... We have a sketch show at Max FunCon this year. This is the first time we've done no. a real proper sketch show. Um, we did we did have some sketches from Elephant Larry and Casper Hauser in the past, but um, this is a full on sketch show. Uh, the group the group that is headlining this show is a group that has been in existence for ten years or so here in Los Angeles called Ten West. Um, and you know we used to occasionally get to do a show with them or see them at a show when we were doing sketch in festivals around the country. Um, they are absolutely amazing. Absolutely. The best stage comedy thing, the most amazing stage comedy thing I've ever seen. Um, they are like, it's funny because when you say what they are like, it sounds like the worst thing ever. Sure. They are like, they do a sort of physical clowning based Sketch comedy. I this is. I mean, I. I think the important thing to say is that this is not some Burning Man bullshit. 
It is so not bullshit. Yeah. It's it, great. It's so unpretentious, uh, not bullshit, and funniness-centric. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. They're so great. That's great, yeah. I've never seen them not do a show that didn't end in a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, uh, two fun guys. Wait, two fun men. Two fun men, <laughs> which is the uh, the hottest thing in New York sketch comedy. I called every single person i could think of in the new york sketch comedy scene this these guys were the guys that they told me to get i watched their stuff on the internet i was like these guys are amazing they write on the uh, fallon show mm. um and they are it's crazy silly nonsense great um they're the kings of the new york ucb right now and that so because those people aren't famous i just want to reinforce that they're fucking amazing I think you're really going to go ape shit. I think that will. My prediction is that the sketch show will be the highlight of the event. Okay, that's my prediction. Jordan. Great, that's my prediction. Two fun men. Yeah, I think we're going to do international waters too. Oh, that'll be fun. That. No, that'll be great. Yeah, I think it'll, I think it'd be great. I W Canada versus the United States, maybe. Oh, I like it. Right. I like it a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Get put David Graham in there. Sure. It's going to be a blast. MaxFunCon.com. There's still some tickets available. It's October 26th through 28th, and just. Here's another thing. You don't live in New York? Fine. Just fly in. Yeah. Just get a fl- On get an a, airplane. Get an airplane ticket. What are you using your money for? Bullshit, probably. Probably bullshit. How about you dedicate it towards what will be the highlight of your year? Yeah. Do it. Don't be a dope. Sure. Don't be a yokel. Don't spin it on some sort of grouse. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, listen. What? Shout out to the big man. Mr. Yeah. Nate D. Mayo. Sure. Barfing his guts out right ah, now. Ha, ha. <laughs> oh, poor fella. Poor fella. Hey, we're still gathering ideas for the Rocket Scouts. We got a couple good ones. Can I? I, I had one. Yeah, what is it? And so this is Rocket Scouts. This is our, our fill-in for the Boy Scouts. Yeah, we don't like how the Boy Scouts is anti-gay. Kind of in on that, in that. In that uh, zone, I think because this is a kind of a specific reaction to the Boy Scouts being anti-gay, I think a Rocket Scout merit badge should be uh, homosexual culture appreciation. Oh. So, you, you know. Write a, pipe, write a paper on the sad life of Paul Lind? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking more like, you know, like like gay icons. You know, you go from Judy Garland to Lady Gaga uh-huh. and just get a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a just a primer to what they're all about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, maybe you watch Boys in the Band. Sure. Um, yeah, Little Dogs. Can we have Midler Week? Huh? Can we have Midler Week? Yeah, absolutely we can have Midler Week. Can gay appreciation be a, like a, just a cornerstone of the Rocket Scouts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that like gay culture scholarship should be encouraged. I feel right. like I want some essays. You want something, you want people to watch Paris is Burning and then generate some culture studies on the subject. Yeah, that would be nice. Some critical, some critical essays on uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Corporate, corporate employee realness. <laughs> right. Have you seen Paris is Burning? No, I haven't. Oh my God. Okay, let me take this second. Okay. To diverge from if, diverge from the Rocket Scouts into Paris is Burning. Mm-hmm. I had never seen Paris is Burning. I don't know how I didn't see it. Because I'm quite sure that it played at the Rock, the Roxy Theater, which was two blocks from my house growing up, mm-hmm. roughly once a week for my <laughs> entire life from age zero to 18. Um, it is a documentary about uh, the ball scene in New York City, the drag balls, 
um, which were at the time, this is like in the mid 80s, mid to late 80s. Um, I think it shot like 87, 88 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was uh, primarily like uh, prostitutes, <laughs> um, just a real like tough. I mean, this is a really, really tough time for people who were doing g- gender play. Right. Um, and it is the fucking greatest thing ever. It is so great. Number one, there's like there's some there's some sort of what you would call sort of like classic drag queens, mm-hmm. you know, like dressed as a sort of a showgirl. Okay, you know, fifty year old fifty uh, year old dudes dressed as showgirls. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is there are all these other categories. So the amazing thing about these balls is that they had well, I mean, they also had like voguing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had these categories that were. Like executive realness uh-huh. is one of the categories, which is where you, where uh, where a, where dudes dress up like corporate types, uh-huh. like with briefcases and stuff, and they do like a model walk as a corporate person. Great, and they do. There's a military one. There's um, there's just all kind all types of realness, mm-hmm. a broad variety of types of realness. Great. Um, is just the greatest thing ever. It's ve- also has uh, some parts that are very, very sad um, about how difficult this life was for these folks. Um, but generally, it makes you it makes you want to have a party in 1987 with a bunch with a bunch of uh, uh, cross dressers and transgendered people. <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's uh, let's let's show that to the kids. Yeah. No, Paris is burning as as soon as as soon as they can deal with the idea of uh someone being a transgendered prostitute and then dying. Um that's like six or seven, right? Yeah. Well, eight. Yeah. Eight, You're right. Third grade, right? Eight. That's eight. Yeah, eight. Brian, can you look that up? Third grade, that's eight, right? Yeah. Third yeah. grade. Yeah, Brian's confirming. Eight years old. Okay. So about eight years yeah. old is when it's appropriate to watch Paris is burning. Let's go eight. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we can we can start by incorporating it into the our our gay curriculum, mm-hmm. our GLBT curriculum. Right. And does everyone have to pick a queero? Uh, yeah. I uh, yes, I think they should have to. Mine was Barney Frank in college. Oh, that's had to good. Pick when all the RAs had to pick their queero. Great. At the time, he was saying a lot of catty things <laughs> about about the uh, Clinton impeachment. Mm. Very very catty. Hmm. It's great. It's tremendous. <laughs> Way to go. More congressmen should be uh, caught with male prostitutes because it makes them really funny. I might not be understanding cause and effect. Yeah. Maybe. I might be misunderstanding was cause he not? Was he not out before he got caught with a prostitute? Yes. Sadly, that was what outed him. Oh, wow. Um, but then he just... But then he just stuck around, which yeah, is awesome. That's great. <laughs> He's like, yeah... Uh, well, I am gay. I'm gay, and I was with a male prostitute. Was he not? Was he not? Was he married? Did it like break up? A no, marriage? no, no, no. Okay, no, well, that's that was, makes it more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. makes it a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's still some problems inherent in prostitution, but sure. Well, but you know, I mean, relatively speaking, fun. it's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, if Barney Frank's involved. You got to figure it was pretty fun because he had some great witticisms <laughs> <laughs> about banks. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. Okay, so JJ go at maximumfun.org or 206-9844-FUN if you have an idea for the Rocket Scouts. You can go to rocketscouts.com. Brian Fernandez built a beautiful website there yeah. using our friends at Squarespace. 
Yeah, it's spectacular. You can, yeah, look at that. Look at that shit. Um, oh, hey, I want to say a quick thanks to every uh, everybody from the uh, Jordan Jesse Go listening audience that uh, watched uh, an episode of KLOL, the web show that I work for, yes. and left a nice comment on YouTube. Jordan, that I gotta helped tell you. immensely. I got to tell you, I watched the most recent episode mm-hmm. of KLOL uh, featuring um, Sweatsy Shops. Yes, Etsy Sweatshops. Yeah. Um, where hipster girls are uh, forced to m- m- crochet things yeah. in subhuman conditions. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I laughed my butt off. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Really I, I, think, I think, I think, I think the they're, getting, is, they're getting better and better. The show has our... gone from good to great. Sure. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you haven't watched it, uh, it's over at youtube.com slash loud. And, uh, You're yeah. probably already there so that you can watch the reality show K-Town. Right. The Korean Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, opening shot of K-Town, by the way, Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, a lot of that shit's happened in mid-Wilshire. Right. I've watched K-Town. That's mid-Wilshire is what I say. But I guess the Jersey Shore isn't necessarily about the Jersey Shore. It's just about a general attitude. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, oh, yeah, thanks. I, I, was, I was talking on a, on a previous episode about how that we had a little little troll problem and it was kind of bumming out everybody around the office. But but thanks so much to people who, like, say nice things about the show. It really really helps and it, uh, and it, and it helps us uh, hopefully continue to be employed. So. I saw Shenny posted one on Boing Boing. She did. That's fantastic. Absolutely. I, I will say I, I, it was a surprise to me. I think she just saw it and thought I it was great. asked her nicely. Oh, okay. And she's, so, since she's great, she put yeah. it up. God bless her. Mm-hmm. God bless the program. Yep. God bless the United States of America. Mm-hmm. God bless Canada. Not Donna Vacalis. Not not Mid Wilshire though. No, not the Mid Wilshire. Mid Wilshire can jump up my butt. Yeah, I can suck a big one. Sure. Big lemon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a big lemon. A big dick shaped lemon. Two oh six. It's stapled to my dick. <laughs> Are you still stapling lemons to your dick? Yes. You come crying to me every time. This hurts so bad. It hurts. Stings. Yeah, yeah. It burns. Yeah. Well, I think I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> JJ Go at MaximumFun.org. Brian Fernandez on the boards. Our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Bye. <laughs>